how are you feeling? Do people really want to know? And do you even know? Fear of infection is an ancient instinct in us. It may be part of the immediate recoil reaction of disgust. Ew, that looks so dirty, greenish, and slimy. I need to get away from here right away. The emotion of disgust is associated with wanting to immediately back away, leave, and not return. Food aversions to things associated with a bad stomach ache can last a lifetime. The hypersensitivity of a pregnant woman's nausea reaction may be in part to protect her and the expected infant from infectious food risks. Some foods can be more likely to be sources of foodborne illness, and mucus from others, and from yourself, can also. Mucus is our frontline defense, though, our wall against an infection. Mucus from our nose and from a bad cough is sticky and can be a source of infection. Washing our hands thoroughly and often and not touching our own face can help reduce risk of our spreading our own sticky germs to others or spreading whatever we might have touched to ourselves. Germs can survive longer in a moist environment, such as a droplet of moisture in a sneeze or cough or in mucus. Blowing our noses and even gently swishing some water while washing our face may help remove infectious microbes from the outer nostril area, like gargling and spitting out the mouthwash. Blow some bubbles in the bath water with your nose in the water, and you are gently rinsing the outer nostril area. Neti pots are an old-fashioned technique for rinsing the outer nose and sinus area. Caution, though, it may be sending microbes further into the sinuses instead of letting the mucus and rinse solution drip back out. Mucus is designed to line our inner membrane walls throughout our body to help keep infectious microbes or other toxins from being able to enter the cell membrane wall or to slip between cells where there is a tiny gap, normally filled with mucus. The mucus is generally fluid enough to easily cough or sneeze out of the airways. It's designed to remove particles of dust or other things that do make it down into the lungs. Farther into the lungs, small hair-like cilia line the membrane wall and help move mucus and any particles of dust or infectious material up and out of the lungs with a coordinated wave-like motion of the cilia. A productive cough is one that expels mucus, clearing the lungs, while a dry cough or non-productive cough feels weak and ineffective. Little or no mucus is coughed out. It might be thicker and stickier, maybe even yellowish-greenish with a bad odor. That suggests a bacterial infection, roughly. Acidity from something like vitamin C, oranges, orange juice, or hot and sour soup at an Asian restaurant can help thin mucus and make it easier to move out of the congested lungs. Capsaicin from hot pepper in the hot and sour soup also helps with thinning mucus, and so does the chicken broth. Warm tea or a steamy sauna might also help thin the mucus of congestion during a cold or flu. Fevers also help the body fight infection, unless the fever is higher than 100 to 101 degrees Fahrenheit. Letting the fever do its job might help more than taking an anti-inflammatory medication to lower the fever. Staying well hydrated is important because more sweating caused by the fever, increases fluid losses. 
Drinking enough water or having ice chips or a popsicle for extra fluid helps keep the mucus thin enough for the cilia to move it out of the lungs to the nostril area where you can blow your nose to remove it or it can be sneezed out by the body's natural reactions. Cover coughs and sneezes with a tissue or your arm or if you are infectious, wearing a face mask is helping protect others from any droplets of moisture that you might be exhaling or coughing. Sometimes coughs and sneeze happen faster than you can grab a tissue. The face mask is helping to protect others while you're sick. White blood cells patrol the mucus layer and remove infectious microbes. Internally, our body is in overdrive to fight the infection and white blood cells can move through the mucus layer along the membrane walls, patrolling for infected cells or pathogens to remove them. Mucus that is too thick and sticky makes it more difficult for white blood cells to move around, as well as making it more difficult or impossible for the cilia to move, to move the mucus up and out of the lungs. Mucus, and all things mucus related, have been an area of interest for me since early childhood because I was always very congested. Rarely could I breathe through both nostrils, and often I couldn't breathe through either nostril. I have since learned that I have a genetic difference that results in some problems similar to cystic fibrosis, which is characterized by extreme congestion. My condition is due to a different gene, though, and does not cause as severe a congestion problem as people with cystic fibrosis have to cope with. Comparatively, I was lucky to discover that simply avoiding dairy products helped reduce my congestion problem enough so I can usually breathe through both nostrils. Attitude makes a difference with health and life. Think positive because fear and stress make us more inflammatory, while positive moods are associated with health. Gratitude is a healing attitude. Count your blessings, and one of them might be being able to breathe through both nostrils most of your life, except during a cold or flu. Stress and fearful attitudes may not help health by increasing inflammatory chemicals. Infection is already causing the body to increase production of inflammatory chemicals, and we also can make antioxidants and even antibiotic-like chemicals if we're not wasting all of the pathways and nutrients making inflammatory chemicals. If an infection lasts a very long time and or the person has been malnourished, then the ability to make the antioxidants and antibiotic-like chemicals will become kind of maxed out and getting antioxidants from the diet would then be necessary. Be grateful for modern medicine, but also be grateful for our own ability to heal ourselves. We can be very grateful for modern medications like antibiotics that quickly can help with some types of bacterial infections. But remember that it is your own ability to make healing chemicals within your own body that truly protects you. During normal metabolism, we make antioxidant chemicals every day that might add up to the equivalent antioxidant power from eating 300 oranges. That would be too many oranges to eat and too many sugar calories. Providing more nutrient-dense foods or supplements during an illness can help replenish the body's supply of chemicals that are needed to make our own supply of antioxidants. Nutrient-dense foods and supplements or healing herbs can also help signal the body to increase production of the antioxidants and can inhibit the body's production of the inflammatory chemicals. It has been known for a century or more that vitamin C helps the body prevent or heal from infections, and zinc has been known to help fight viral infections for 50 years or more. 
Garlic is also known to be healing, and it has been discovered to contain phytonutrients that help increase our own antioxidant production. Medicinal mushrooms and many other medicinal herbs also help the body increase the healing production of antioxidants. The white pithy part of an orange peel is mild in flavor compared to the outer orange zest and contains a phytonutrient that helps our body switch to the healing pathways and producing more antioxidants and away from the inflammatory production of chemicals that would be requiring antioxidants to be detoxified. We do need the inflammatory chemicals in case of infection, but sometimes they can become produced in too much quantity. The take-home point. While we can't really eat 300 oranges, eating one orange with the white part of the peel left on might help switch your body from making the inflammatory chemicals that need antioxidants to be detoxified into making more of the antioxidants instead. It's somewhat of an either-or choice. We can't necessarily do both things at the same time. Eating the bowl of hot and sour soup that contains garlic, chicken broth, mushrooms, and carrots would also be helping the body switch into healing mode and away from the inflammatory mode. Many of those ingredients contain healing phytonutrients. Genetically, there are about 10 to 15 percent of the population of people that may be prone to make way too many of the inflammatory chemicals. And in order to survive a bad infection that's kind of signaling that overproduction, they may need antioxidants to be provided to them by a medical professional. Intravenous high-dose vitamin C infusion has been found to be safe and non-toxic and fairly effective at helping stop the overproduction, called a cytokine storm, the excess inflammatory chemicals. Cytokines are needed to fight infected cells, but when there is too much of the chemicals, they can start fighting everything, attacking the person's own organs. Organ failure can occur and lead to death of the patient. High-dose vitamin C therapy sounds like a better option to me. The technique of vitamin C infusion for cytokine storm symptoms was used in China during the recent coronavirus outbreak. A webinar for medical professionals is being offered for free on March 19th. See the transcript for a link to the registration. International Society of Orthomolecular Medicine, isom.ca, in case you're not able to see the transcript. Just visit the website, isom.ca. Vitamin C for the treatment of COVID-19 is the page title. With fear, we can have an instinct to blame, to seek a reason for the fear. We tend to seek a reason for our wordless feelings, including fear. We like to know what caused something, possibly to try to prevent it from happening again. Sensible and promotes the survival of individuals and the group. In the current outbreak of the new coronavirus strains, there has been a lot of speculation about the origin one theory that might affect virus in wild habitats or in a lab setting is that our use of genetically modified crops is not only increasing the risk of spontaneous mutations in weeds, but it also may be increasing the risk of genetic mutations spontaneously occurring in virus or other microbes that are growing within plants or animals either in the wild where GMO type products are just 
throughout the environment, or in lab settings where animals might be fed with GMO crops. The genetic modification techniques can leave fragments of DNA that are more mobile than normal, more likely to be incorporated into a genome than in typical life. Genetic modification is stepping into God's shoes. We don't know enough about what might occur. And we have already seen an increase in superweeds that are also resistant to the herbicides that the GMO crops were genetically modified to be resistant to. And this has been happening, this mutation of weeds, within just a few years of the increased use of GMO crops. To speed ahead through a lot of genetic detective work by three teams working independently from one another in other nations than the US, they have been, dis they discovered, again, independently, working separately, so this is not some sort of conspiracy, the current new COVID-19 COVID strains of coronavirus have been found genetically to have originated in the USA. The strain in China does not genetically match the strain in Iran and Italy. And both of those strains are genetically newer, more recent mutations than strains that have been located only in the USA. This basically proves that the origin had to have been in the USA. How it got to China might possibly be an accident. A military installation known to work with biohazards was closed in the US in August 2019 due to an inspection that found some flaws in containment of the biohazard risks. Military personnel may have been exposed there and then participated in an event that took place in Wuhan, China shortly later. There had never been a patient zero found in the Chinese outbreak, which would be explained by the possibility that several different visitors had been infectious and exposed several different people within a short time span and then left the area. What is definite about this genetic lineage of the mutations of the COVID-19 strains is that China, Iran, and Italy were all not the origin. The origin must have been somewhere in the US where the strains were found with mutations that must have occurred first. The COVID-19 strains are still mutating. It's kind of like a two, three, four, five, six, seven. We don't really count five, two, seven, three. They have to go in order. The mutations can be tracked. A comes before B, which comes before C. Some of the Asian scientists working on the origin of the COVID-19 have expressed concern that the mysterious deaths associated with vaping, nicotine, or THC were actually deaths due to a coronavirus infection. So we need to learn more about these strains. And we need to test more people in the US to find out how widespread the infectious risk, risk truly is. Blame.
fear can increase the risk of fighting as well as blaming others for our problems. Stress can be a beneficial thing that helps us challenge to cope creatively with handling a problem, or it can become overwhelming and lead to a feeling of helplessness and freezing up in the fear response, or acting out in a panicked fight or flight response. Domestic violence or aggression against strangers might be more likely during a fearful situation. And recognizing risk of that can help us pause long enough to stop a panicked fear response. Lashing out against a family member or stranger doesn't protect you or anyone from an invisible microbe. Recognize that fear is just a feeling and pause. Take 10 deep breaths. It can help with pausing too, because it takes time. And it can also help with thinking more clearly by providing oxygen. We have a tendency to hold our breath when we are stressed, and that can cause a short-term lack of oxygen. Low levels of oxygen can cause poor judgment, distractibility, and poor memory formation during the episode of low oxygen levels. And it may also affect movement, increasing our clumsiness or accident proneness. Stress may also interfere with sleep, with worry leading to insomnia. Insomnia can then leave people feeling more irritable and possibly more accident prone also. And accidents, doing things too fast, can be when we're more likely to infect others or forget to use the tissue. Getting a good amount of sleep helps the immune system and the body's detoxification processes. Inflammatory activity is more typical of daytime sunshine and the awake hours of the day, and antioxidant production and healing tends to occur more in darkness during sleep. It is a little like a factory assembly line. The assembly line needs to be dedicated to one type of product at a time. It can't be used to make ventilators at the same time that it is making guns. It has to be focused on one type of activity at a time. Fear and feeling out of control. Fear can also have to do with the feeling of a loss of control. Invisible microbes might be easier to pretend aren't a concern at all, rather than feeling fearful about not being able to control them. Covering everything in antibacterial products wouldn't kill a virus and would be killing both beneficial and harmful bacteria. Balance in life tends to be healthiest. It may help to try to focus on what is under your control. There are tiny microbes everywhere, and cranky people too. We can only control our own actions. In the current outbreak of the new coronavirus strains, most of us cannot do anything about the supply of ventilators, but we might be able to do something about our own risk of needing the aid of one. Smoking greatly increases risk of having a more severe illness if infected with a COVID-19 virus and vaping may be just as much of a risk to the lungs. So quitting smoking or vaping would reduce the risk of needing breathing support in case you did get infected with the COVID-19 strains. Quitting nicotine is very difficult, and the nicotine itself may have health benefits, especially for some people. So switching to a nicotine patch or nicotine gum temporarily might help either with quitting smoking more gradually or protecting the lungs during the current increased risk of a deadly respiratory infection occurring. Other simple things you can directly control include good hygiene habits. 
washing hands thoroughly with soap helps by physically disrupting viral membranes and washing away the remains of the virus in the flowing tap water. It would also disrupt bacterial membranes. Rubbing and scrubbing gently with a fingernail brush can also help with the physical removal of that virus, bacteria, or whatever else is on the skin. Lotion added while the skin is moist helps seal in some of the moisture and adds an oily layer that would help prevent loss of the moisture. Lotions don't add moisture to the skin though. They just help seal it in. Hand sanitizers with alcohol tend to be more drying and overuse might lead to chafed cracked skin, which actually would be then more of an increased risk for infectious things entering through the scrape or chafed area. Drinking plenty of water also helps keep the skin well hydrated from the inside and is important for thin, healthy mucus and detoxification throughout the body. Drinking enough non-diuretic fluids each day is a simple health habit within our own control. Drinking enough water or other non-diuretic beverages is a health habit that helps us every day and is even more critical during a sickness with fever and congestion. Fever increases fluid loss in sweat and congestion needs to be thinned with fluid in order to be able to, to get loosened up enough for the cilia of the lungs to move it out of the lungs far enough for a cough to be able to expel the excess mucus. Mucus may seem disgusting and therefore frightening at an instinctual level of fear of infection. However, mucus is also what is helping protect us against infection. Mucus is like a coat of paint sealing bad weather away from the boards of our internal house walls. It is also like the trenches along the front line of a war with white blood cells constantly patrolling for any invaders trying to get through. A well-nourished white blood cell can not only kill the invader, it can also engulf and remove the invader and make sure any usable nutrients are recycled and reused for more beneficial purposes. Eating foods that promote our antioxidant production and inhibit the production of inflammatory chemicals is also within our power, unless living in a residential facility or in some other controlled environment where other people make the menu decisions. The white pithy part of the orange peel, or the more strongly flavored zest, has phytonutrients that help switch the body's assembly lines from making inflammatory chemicals into the production of antioxidants or our own version of antibiotics or other chemicals needed for healing. Garlic may not keep away vampires, but phytonutrients within garlic or onions or broccoli or blueberries, raspberries or oranges all help us to fight infections and to repair other changes that can lead to cancer or chronic illness if left in the over-inflammatory condition too long. Strong flavors, strong odors, tend to be associated with healing nutrients that might only be needed in very small amounts. Oregano is healing, but we only need a pinch to flavor the soup. Black pepper has some healing effects, and we only need to shake a little sprinkle on. So use your common sense. Moderation tends to be what is healthy. Fear of contagion and resulting scarcity of supplies. Part of the fear of infection is the risk of the contagion spreading to everyone and then having many people becoming ill at the same time and then who will take care of them all if everyone is sick at the same time and will there be enough supplies to help everyone? Will there be enough for my family? 
Vitamin C and zinc are readily available compared to many medications. Oranges might run out if everyone wanted them at the same time, but they are also fairly available. Other good sources of vitamin C include canned asparagus and green peas, cabbage, green and red peppers, tomatoes, potatoes, pickles, and other fruits like cantaloupe, kiwi, mangoes, and gooseberries, known as amla in India. Ketchup and taco sauce would have some vitamin C, but they also contain a lot of salt, so it would not be useful as a primary source of vitamin C, but would be providing some. Oranges with the thick peels might run out at grocery stores, but the phytonutrient nobiotin and other beneficial nutrients in orange peel, including vitamin C, would also be available in the dried tangerine peel product known as chen pai, a traditional Chinese medicinal product used for digestive health and for non-productive dry cough, coincidentally, a symptom of the current COVID-19 strains. And orange peel has been found to help reduce the growth of coronavirus in a cell-based study rather than a human clinical trial. Dried limes or dried lime or lemon powder are also used commonly in Middle Eastern cooking and are readily available in Middle Eastern grocery markets or can be ordered online from Middle Eastern grocery stores. Add citrus products as a seasoning at the table, ideally, as extended heating causes vitamin C to break down. Powdered lime at the Middle Eastern grocery is sold in shaker containers that are left on the dinner table like a salt or pepper shaker. The Middle Eastern seasoning mix called za'atar contains powdered sumac, which also has very many um, beneficial phytonutrients. And it's strong, you'd only sprinkle on a little bit. It is a table seasoning that provides a variety of phytonutrients that would be helping move the body into antioxidant production and away from the production of inflammatory chemicals. A spoonful or two of real lemon or lime juice or apple cider vinegar added to soup or on a salad can also help with digestion as the acidity is similar to stomach acid. Older individuals and people with some types of digestive problems may feel better and be able to absorb more B vitamins from a meal when the lime, lemon juice, or apple cider vinegar is added to a meal. It's kind of replacing the stomach acid that is no longer being made in as large a quantity. The fermented pickle kimchi or other fermented pickles acidic taco sauce or acidic chutney or fermented yogurt raeda are all side dishes that might add some digestive acidity benefits to a meal in addition to adding beneficial bacteria for the fermented products. Kimchi is a fermented cabbage salad that would provide vitamin C and beneficial bacteria for intestinal health. Other live refrigerated pickled products with the cucumbers or cabbage, as in sauerkraut, would also provide vitamin C and beneficial bacteria if they were still refrigerated and live, rather than being shelf-stable canned. Our intestinal bacteria balance can help health by directly stimulating production of our own antibiotic-like chemicals. Our microbiome is the balance of bacteria and other microbes within our intestines or in other areas of the body, and the beneficial ones can act like our own little defense team, helping us fight the unhealthy microbes. 
Even our skin surface can have beneficial microbes helping protect us from less beneficial ones. So plain soap and water to physically remove microbes may be more beneficial to health over time than regular use of antibacterial products that would kill both the beneficial and non-beneficial bacteria. Seize control of your health by eating foods and phytonutrients that help your body make just the right amount of inflammatory chemicals for fighting infection, as well as enough antioxidants and other beneficial chemicals to clean up afterwards. However, the 10 to 15% of people with genetics that tend to overproduce the inflammatory chemicals will be the people who may need high-dose intravenous vitamin C therapy to provide the 300 oranges worth of antioxidants that other people can just make if their body is given the message to do so with the certain types of beneficial phytonutrients or other signals like pitch darkness of a non-modern night time. It can help to turn out the lights at night, cover up little alarm clock lights and stuff. Some of those tips, as well as beneficial foods, were included in the last episode series. And the NRF2 grocery list episode included many specific foods that may help tip our body from production of inflammatory chemicals into production of beneficial antioxidants and other immune supporting chemicals. We can help our bodies to fight infection and feel happy and energetic by eating nutrient-rich foods, drinking water, getting a good night's sleep, and maybe taking a multivitamin and or an extra supplement of zinc and vitamin C during the cold and flu season. Exercise is generally very beneficial and may help reduce the risk of infection, but if you're feeling like you have an infection, rest, take it easy. Save the exercise for when you're feeling better. It does help move toxins through the body and, and helps the body to detoxify. Regarding the supplement use for infection risk, research over the decades has shown the antiviral benefits of vitamin C and zinc. And during the recent Ebola outbreak, it was found that the use of a multivitamin or a multivitamin and a vitamin C or vitamin A supplement at the onset of Ebola treatment helped reduce mortality rate and the severity of disease symptoms. Work with the use of vitamin D for respiratory infections, a meta-analysis of a large amount of research, found that the best approach is prevention. A small, just RDA amount of vitamin D taken on a daily basis was found to help reduce the risk of respiratory infection occurring by 50%. While use of a very high dose of vitamin D after onset of an infection did not really help significantly at all. Not everyone can afford vitamin supplements or oranges or ventilators, but we can do what we can do with whatever we do have available to, to us and that might be drinking a little more water and a little less sugary beverages. Sugar reduces immune function and may support growth of the infectious microbes instead. We can do what we can do with whatever we have available to us. A song says it best from the Disney, Disney song, Fortuosity.
I keep smiling cause my philosophy is do your best and leave the rest to fortuosity. What is your percent controllable? In a stressful situation, doing the best you can with whatever you have in whatever situation life hands you. May peace and fortuosity be with you. Thanks for listening. I'm looking forward to hearing how you are feeling, and I hope it's well. Email Jen at peaceishappy.org. Happiness, one day at a time. I keep smiling because my philosophy is do your best and leave the rest to fortuosity.